Hi, it's Randy G. What a tornadic week. Very tornadic week. And it's not just the tornadoes through the Midwest, but the tornadoes all over the, 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 the globe, all over our country here in the USA, but all over the globe. You know, it's funny that we tend to forget in a week's time what's going on elsewhere. We see it on the news, all the reporters are there, and then wherever the reporters go, that becomes our new focus, and everybody forgets about everything else that happened. Um, what have you heard about Japan lately? How are they recovering? How are people doing? <laughs> uh, you, you hear a little bit about the reactor once in a while, but um, don't forget how many people were killed and how many were lost and how how much was devastated and how they're still getting 5.1 to 5.6 or 8 uh, millibar earthquakes every day off the port of Hanshu. Um, but you don't hear about it anymore because it's not news. It's just not news. You don't hear um, how the economy is going to change. You don't hear. They're, they are the worst economy now next to the United States, which is the next worst economy. How exciting is that? Most people in America don't realize that we now have the second worst economy in the world. So what else did we hear about this week? Well, it was kind of hidden because uh, Fed Chairman Bernanke announced his, gave his first press conference, the first time the Fed has ever given a press conference. But, but Obama made sure that he released his so-called birth certificate at the same time. So which story did the reporters follow the most? The birth certificate, of course. So the Fed could get buried somewhere else because we don't want anybody asking too many questions. And the reason they don't is because, you know, the Federal Reserve Act was signed in 1913 by Wilson, who was an SOB, another one of the worst presidents we've ever had, another progressive communist jerk. <clears throat> and uh, nobody knows who owns it who's in charge of it, just like the IMF. It's, it's all these bankers, super bankers of the world who think that they should control everything and can decide on their own what to do with our dollars to influence the economies everywhere else in the world, which then get influenced by the International Monetary Fund, which is the IMF, which is bankers again, um, changing our currencies, devaluing them, making us poor, racking up prices everywhere, racking up all kinds of, of uh, profits for themselves and then complaining about everybody else. But that story was, was buried because of the Donald Trump birth certificate thing. And Donald Trump has <laughs> destroyed any possibility of being a serious candidate by going to Vegas and and uh, swearing all the way through his his speech, which is not presidential. And as much as people here want someone like that to call out Obama and and uh, start asking the questions that none of our reporters have asked because they're in the tank with this guy. Um, and we appreciate it that he's asking these questions, regardless of how silly they sound. It isn't that we care if he was born here or not. It's that we don't trust that he was born here or not. And then, if he was born here, we still don't trust that he didn't renounce his citizenship or his father did for him or whoever his father was. So there's a big distrust thing with Obama. You see, people tried to give him a chance. We are post-racial in America in many ways. And those who voted against him, which, which was half the country, um, said, like I did the day after he was elected, and I stopped weeping for the loss of, of my country, 
I said, all right, give him a chance. Maybe he's telling the truth. It lasted about three days, but uh, and then I, I, I realized the folly of my thinking. <clears throat> but right away, the lies were evident, and once, you know, trust is lost, you don't get it back real quick, and he's not even trying because he could care less. I mean, this man lies at every corner. I think he was taught to lie from the time he was born, probably, right? Because he remembers when he was born, he told Oprah. We all remember the day we were born, right? He said he remembers that. He remembers being born in Hawaii. <laughs> uh, the man is an idiot, but he's so smart. He's so deep, according to all of the in-the-tank um, uh, press people for the New York Times and Time magazine. And said, you know, George Bush was a simpleton, and um, Barack Obama is so complex that people don't understand him. Yeah, he's complex, all right. Whenever that teleprompter goes haywire, he hasn't got a clue what he's talking about or what he's doing. He's in way over his head. He shouldn't be there. And he's trying to destroy America. And people who say he's not trying to destroy America, he's doing good things, will think about it. If you know the ten steps from the Communist Manifesto on, on what communism is and what Marxism is, um, you know, taking over means of production. That's number two or three. I don't have the ten in front of me, and I don't care. I know what they are. Uh, what, how many days was he in office before he took over government motors, General Motors, and um, made it government motors? And you realize that the, the one car that was the safest of all the government motor cars was the Saturn cars that were made in the South, which is a, a progressive area, a progressive, excuse me, a conservative area. And it didn't take them 24 hours to decide that that was going to get sold off and shut down because it's non-union. It's the only part of General Motors that was non-union, and the cars were made in the South, so the Saturns no longer exist. They were considered the safest vehicles because the people had input into how those vehicles should be made. And uh, my colleague, actually, one of my colleagues, Lori, was in an accident several years ago on the way to pick me up at the airport and um, uh, was stopped in a long line of traffic at a red light when somebody behind her hit her, which made her hit the car in front and all that stuff. So she got squished between the two cars. Everything that the Saturn was supposed to do did it. And the cabin area where the, pass, where you, where the driver sits was totally protected. So she got knocked around a little bit, but totally uninjured. The car was completely totaled. But she was fine because it was a Saturn, and Saturns were made to be the safest car on the road because the people had input to it. But anyway, you know, they closed that down. That's one of the tenets of communism, a takeover means of manufacturing. Now, he's got this, you know, if you think about his big agenda being Marxist, you have to implement step by step, and they've waited all these years to do this. So, okay, we've got control of at least one car company or two, if you want to add you know, the Chrysler part of it and <clears throat> what they've done over in, in uh, China. Now, we have to make sure that we control energy, which was cap and trade, but we stopped that. So what they've done is they've gone through the back door. The EPA is controlling energy and, and causing coal plants and um, manufacturing plants to shut down at their choosing. Uh so that they can control what, what's happening with our energy. And if you, you, this complex thinking is like, okay, how do I get people now to want to buy electric cars? Because that's what we think people should drive, is these things that get 40 miles and then you have to plug them in. I, I can't wait to see you plug them in in a tornado 
when you're trying to get out of town and it's not charged yet. Or, uh, and there's no gasoline because the electricity is off, so you can't fill it up either. Or you're in a snowstorm or a blizzard. I can't wait to see the windmills flying around. We had a, a couple of F5 tornadoes in the Midwest here, well, actually in northern Alabama, which is the south, and Arkansas and Mississippi. Small town in Mississippi hit by an F5, wiped that town out completely, and Tuscaloosa, Miss, uh, Alabama, hit by an F5 and F4s, wiped out major communities. And what I was thinking as I drove up there to hand out food and water the day afterwards, um, and went through all these small areas where you could see a tiny tornado touch down and only destroy 10 buildings, or uh, a, a cloudburst did something and destroyed one building and flipped one car. I'm, I'm driving and I'm feeling the winds still, and we had had winds even where I live. We were way beyond the tail of this whole storm, but we still had high winds up to 48 miles an hour. That's high, you know. Um, but I'm driving, I'm thinking, could you just imagine this whole countryside being filled with these windmills and those windmills breaking off in an F5 tornado or a, or a, a Category 5 hurricane or whatever and blowing those giant windmills through everything until they finally broke up. I mean, talk about decapitation. You want to decapitate whole communities. That's how you do it. Now, of course, they had those windmills out in the Midwest. Um, as soon as he got elected, they started erecting them, even though they had no no mandate to do that. And and then the winter came. <laughs> I think. Let's see. Hmm. He got inaugurated in January, and by February, they had something like 47 of them up somewhere in Kansas or Wyoming or South Dakota or someplace, and they all froze. And and when people asked them about it, the, the manufacturers and the installers, they said, well, nobody asked about the environmental aspect of the whole thing. So you had all these frozen windmills that were supposed to supply power eventually to hundreds and millions of houses. Um, putting windmills out in the Atlantic, yeah, um, Massachusetts won't let you do that even though they are this progressive state. But, you know, I could just see a Category 4 or 5 hurricane coming through the Atlantic coast and... and doing what it would to those also. Alternative energies are important. They are. Just like alternative health is. You know, you need doctors to do surgeries. That's what they originally, the original concept of doctoring was, was to, to be on the battlefields and plug the wounds and cut off the limbs and repair the, the, the bullet wounds and all that stuff. <clears throat> they weren't <clears throat> diagnostic doctors. They weren't people who, who studied things to figure out why you got a disease. That was that actually happened more through women who, who handled the earth and knew about herbs and what the herbs would do to cure something in their families. So that was really handled by them first. If you read book one and book two, uh, Forget the Cures, Find the Cause, you'll learn about all that stuff, you know, piecemeal here and there, but you get it all together in the end, because that's the way I write. Um... <clears throat> So they, the alternative medicine is really mainstream medicine. <laughs> so alternative fuels are actually mainstream fuels. Yeah, we can use wind. You can build your own windmill in your backyard. That's not a problem to generate electricity. You can use solar panels. I have a solar generator because I don't trust the fact that when tornadoes happen and electricity is gone, you can't get gas. And I'll tell you that story in a second. Um... I think if they're going to make electric cars, they should put solar panels on the roofs so that you don't have to plug them in. They're constantly being charged as you're driving in the sun. Um, 
I believe in alternative water sources because we, with our manufacturing throughout history, were kind of dumb in the way we did things. Because we're a young country, we've made a lot of mistakes, but not bad mistakes, just mistakes as we're growing like kids do. Uh, so I believe in, you know, adding a, a whole house water system to keep the water clean that you're using and bathing in and drinking. But, but you also need the fuels that are provided to us by God. They're called natural resources. Are we depleting them? No. Have we done things wrong in the past where we've depleted something? Yes, we've had endangered species that probably disappeared. And then we've had stories over the last several months of how all of a sudden these disappeared species have returned because we thought we annihilated them, but we didn't. And how a tree or a plant that we thought never existed or existed hundreds of years ago is suddenly back. We never even knew about it. It's a new plant. No, it's a thousand-year-old plant that decided it's time to come back. Mother Earth is very strong, and I have much, much respect for her, which is why I sit outside and you can hear the wind and the birds and sometimes the crickets and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, but, And we do abuse her, just like we abuse ourselves and each other, our bodies, our minds, our spirits. We abuse ourselves. But she's stronger than we are. And she does return, and she will take care of herself. When she knows that we put her out of balance, she will shake us up. Um, tornadoes are indicative of that. And these tornadoes that happened that killed all these people, and the reason that, that they died is because there's no basements in the south. If you dig too deep, you hit solid clay and then water. Um, so they don't build basements. <clears throat> Some people have swimming pools. I don't know how they do it. I don't, I don't exactly know how they do that. But anyway, uh, so there's no place to hide with an F5 tornado. That's that's 204 or 6 miles an hour winds that are sustained. And this thing was on the ground for several miles. So that's sustained winds at 200 miles an hour are going to knock anything over. Um, and it did. Brick houses and buildings. And When we went up there... <clears throat> And I got into the devastated areas and tried to find the Red Cross or the Salvation Army. The first Salvation Army spot that I found in Tuscaloosa was totally destroyed. Cars on top of cars and the, the roof down through the middle and all the bricks all over the place. And this poor little guy, this new director of the Salvation Army in Tuscaloosa, who was at a van outside in a, in a very littered driveway that I managed to get through, um, said to me, he was brand new, so he didn't even know if there was a Red Cross in town or anything. He's a brand new director, and, and this is what hit him. Um, but at least he was there, right? I mean, we, we got the food and water up there to, to first responders was my, uh, my first focus, because I, I know during disasters that even the first responders' houses are destroyed, and sometimes they're killed or hurt. And they're out trying to save as many people as they can, and they don't have food and water either. So we we took um, several dozen cases of water and snacks and power bars and you know chewy bars and all that kind of stuff to to at least give people some energy to keep doing the work they have to do. And and I got through and and um, got through the Salvation Army up there. But um, the tornadic energy is what we should understand is going on in this country. Now, the Obama administration wants to divide and conquer. It's used class warfare from the beginning. 
They are the bourgeois elite. That means that they will divide and conquer the people beneath them, which is everybody else. And whether they do that on racial lines or gender lines or um, uh, heritage lines for immigration purposes or union lines, whatever line they have to draw, they will do it so that they can cause this this chaos between one side or the other fighting each other because you divide and you conquer. The more they divide people, the more they are in charge. And that's what they want. And their idea and their their total belief is they can cause this change to happen all over the world. United States and other countries. He's a global citizen, so he's affecting you guys over there that are listening to me in other countries too. He's he's changing your lives without you even knowing it. He and George Soros and the IMF and the Federal Reserve and Al Gore and uh, Wade Rathke and the UAW, now Trumpka, the AFL-CIO, the unions, uh, along with the Islamists and the jihadists who are out there trying to take over the world. We've got a lot of tornadic activity. Um, that's a cold front hitting a hot front. It's warm air clashing with cold air. It's it's the ultimate thunderstorm that tunnels and causes a vacuum. And that's, a, I guess, the most important thing to learn. The tornadoes are vacuums. And what happens when you have this much negative energy is we all feel like we're in a vacuum, like our energy is getting sucked out of us, and we don't know where to turn anymore, so we just spin in circles. We become little tornadoes ourselves. And if you think about what little tornadoes do, is they cause a lot of damage to people around them, their families, their homes. Um, they they suck things up and, and then throw them away. They consume, devour, and destroy. And we're all, in some way, doing that. When I hear from... I have between all the <clears throat> different networks I'm a part of I don't know how many thousands of people I end up hearing from on, on some kind of basis some of them daily some of them weekly some of them you know I haven't heard from from a year but but I get just so much email and, and tweets and all that kind of stuff and they're all feeling about the same thing they tell me the same stories or their kids are nobody can sleep they're sleeping erratically they're not they don't know what to do they feel lost they're not focused they're not clear they don't understand anymore they can't keep track they can't keep up there's too much information there's too much going on they try to escape they go into denial they're playing games to forget about things they're going gambling spending their last ten dollars at a casino because they don't know what else to do they feel like they're being trampled on they're being sucked up and thrown away <clears throat> well it's true that's that's what they want you to feel and when you feel that way and you finally fall to your to the ground or to your knees it, it and there's nothing else I mean think about the people in this tornado what are they gonna do they're gonna turn to the government and say help me please put me on welfare give me food stamps give me a place to live give me health care give me everything for free and the government's gonna show how well they can do that they won't, by the way. If you know about Hurricane Katrina and all the other things that have ever happened where the government's supposed to take care of people, there'll be a lot of them in big trouble before that. What's really happening is that there's communities like Smithville in Mississippi, um, population 3,500 or something like that. 35 people died there from that F5 tornado. Now, is FEMA there? I have no clue. It's a small town. They're not as important. They don't get as much press. So probably not. 
Is the Salvation Army there? Not sure. The Red Cross? Probably not. Are there churches? Yes, but most of them were destroyed. <clears throat> so, what's happening in Smithville, Mississippi is everybody is showing up at different places to pray and then offering their homes to perfect strangers. Saying, come on home with me until we can figure out everything that's going on and get you rebuilt or whatever. Come on home with me and I'll feed you. Come on home with me. I'll take care of you. We'll take care of each other until we can get through this. Nobody's asking for the U.S. government or Obama to show up. That's America. That's the America that I know and I grew up with. They might fight. They've got their squabbles. They're going, you know, they have their differences and half the, the town voted for one person and half voted for the other. That's what democracy is all about. But they had a disaster. And they're Americans first and they're Smithville Ian's second, or first and second, whichever one. Um, and so they need to take care of each other. That's we the people. That's how we settled and grew this country. Not through government. We did not settle and grow this country through government. We fought the government that was above us and over us and taxing us and killing us and sucking us dry. King George. We fought that whole system and said, let's do something different. Let's do something called a democratic republic, where it's the people who govern themselves through representatives, and we will not be taxed without that representation. And we will not centralize it. We will keep it representative from the states, even though the states are united. The federal government's purpose is to protect the federal borders, to make sure no one attacks the United States and make sure that there are ways and means of people to get back and forth across these United States to do the commerce that comes from entrepreneurial spirits doing things like inventing and manufacturing and creating and building and growing and discovering and all those things. That's the federal government's job. The Congress's job is to see what it needs to do representatively from each state, because that's where the representatives come from and the congressmen come from, to help the states integrate with the other states the best way to help commerce, to, to uh, make sure that laws are passed that protect people and individuals and, and the rights of individuals and the rights of businesses. Not to look for pork barrel things and building bridges that no one needs at a time when we don't need them. Not to get lobbied by all the companies that come from wherever they come from. They're not in your district, they're not in your town, they're not in your state, but you're listening to them. Because if you don't, they'll make sure that they pull everybody else from your state, your county. Stand up. You're representatives of the people. You're senators. You are supposed to, and, and, and representative Congress people. You're supposed to be representing the interests of the people in your area, in your state. Because that's how this government works, is from the states up, not the government, federal government down. So Obama could stand out there in Tuscaloosa and say the federal government will do everything in its power to make sure they take care of this and rebuild. Yeah. Do you remember the Gulf oil spill? He said that too, about 40 days after it happened. We still have a moratorium on, on drilling. We need about 200 permits per week to be passed and okayed, certified, and we're getting two a month, if that, because of the massive regulations and paperwork involved. 
But we do have, you know, Obama can fly to Brazil, give them $2 billion, and, and hope that they get that drilling done off their coast and we'll go buy their oil from them. And we have the Panama Canal being widened so that Chinese freighters can get through that canal zone, which is also that the Chinese aircraft carriers can get through that canal zone, and they can drill in the Gulf. But the Southerners who live on the Gulf Coast from Texas all the way to Florida, these are major states, but they're Southern states. They're mostly conservative states. Did they lose, and are they still losing, millions of dollars of revenue and thousands and thousands of jobs a month? Are people getting sick from what the government did to the Gulf? Yes. Are people dying from it? Yes. Are animals and fish dying from it? Yes. Is it being covered up? Absolutely. Will you ever be able to uncover all of it? Probably not. Um, it's going to have to come from eyewitnesses and people who have been involved in the research for years and have followed this completely and <clears throat> have the connections and all that stuff. However, if you do a little research of your own, you'll find that most of the whistleblowers from the Gulf oil spill are dead. Strange accidents and heart attacks and missing. One guy's missing and never been heard from again. As soon as they try to tell you what really happened in the Gulf. Now, hopefully, sometime in the near future, <clears throat> there's some more information coming over the transom in different places. And I'll be able to provide you with a little more information about what happened in the Gulf. Meanwhile, we've got a president who's going to continue to uh, try to destroy the oil business. Can you imagine living in a world without oil? Think about it. Just about everything you use is made from an oil or petroleum-based pro uh, uh, base. Any any product that you use is oil or petroleum-based. You drive your car with gasoline. Now, everybody got upset because we had earnings reports come out Friday from uh, Exxon. So what did they make? What was it, 60 or $80 billion? That's profits. That's not net that's profits. Now you take from those profits and you go pay taxes and you pay, you know, uh, license fees and all that other stuff out of there. They pay $80 billion in taxes over five years. We'll lose that revenue if we shut down Exxon. We also, and that's the only American oil company. BP, Shell, Kangaroo, um, Chevron, Texaco, uh, what are the other ones? I don't even know. You know, I don't even know anymore. There's so many of them, but they're not American companies. Exxon is. Do I love Exxon? Of course not. I got upset just like everybody else did about the Exxon Valdez accident up in Alaska. Do you know the truth about what happened with the Exxon Valdez, or did you just listen to what the newspapers or CBS told you? That the captain was drunk and... and ran into some rocks or glaciers or something, and then all this oil spilled, but they got it cleaned up in a year or so, and everything was okay. But it was all Exxon's fault, and so they had to pay these massive fines. Well, here's the truth. It was the Coast Guard's fault. And I hate to say that, being a veteran, but I know that people in the military screw up. I was in the military. I helped helped uh, write up people who screwed up. <laughs> Um, and sometimes I turned the other way when they screwed up if it didn't involve hurting someone else and I saw the reason for it. Um, Lieutenant Colonel Alan West, who is a very popular representative right now, um, who, who may get drafted to run for president, screwed up. And he left the military because of it. But 
the Coast Guard screwed up with the Exxon Valdez. The, there weren't many ships that went through um, that, that channel. Up, I can't remember the name of the channel now, but anyway, you know where it is, up in Alaska. And um, uh, he was told, don't worry, the, if, if you're in trouble or there's a problem, the Coast Guard will guide you through because they're, they're stationed up there. <clears throat> well, the Coast Guard ship that was supposed to handle this had about 40 people on it. They were all stoned. They were smoking marijuana. They were all stoned. And they turned off the radar. So the Valdez tries to come through and, and runs aground and dumps its oil. But the Coast Guard got off for that one. Um, many of the people who went up there to clean up the Valdez oil spill know exactly what happened down in the Gulf. And they say that was no accident. Now the one up in Alaska was an accident caused by human error that was... It was a, a sign, that error was assigned to the wrong people, and nobody ever questioned it after that. But the, uh, nobody has questioned truly what happened in the Gulf. They wanted to pass it off as a Bush era problem. Halliburton. It's all Halliburton's fault. That was the first thing you heard. What you people need to do is go do a little research. Go on Google and put in the initials H period A period A period R period P period. And start looking at what this really does. And then Google some articles about what people have seen it do. And Google some more articles. I hate to use Google, but you gotta. Um, to see the negative aspects of what HARP does. Um, a lot of people saw two blue beams going down the Gulf of Mexico when this thing blew up and killed 11 guys. That's a HARP thing. A lot of people have seen the colors over different places. New Zealand, when there was a massive earthquake. Um, Haiti, where there was an earthquake. And now we're starting to hear about something going on in the Midwest of the United States. Many of these, I, I'm not saying that they are caused by HARP or the government, but again, here comes this distrust. When you know that they have the capability, when you know what their agenda is according to the Marxist principles and what they're trying to accomplish and the ends justify the means, and you know how sinister they are in, in this agenda, you know what they have at their fingertips, the ability, the, the money and the resources that they can use to cause these things to happen, and how often they have lied and deceived. All of the corruption that's gone on, as soon as you hear that you saw two beams in the Gulf of Mexico, nothing will stop you from believing that they probably did it. Now, you can go in and start searching for scientific facts and, you know, all this stuff. And, but it depends on what questions you ask. It's like, you know, computers. I, I was in computers for years. And, and people would have trouble. They say, it's not the computer. It's what you're putting into it because you get garbage in you get garbage out so it depends on what questions you ask if you ask stupid questions you'll get stupid answers if you don't cover the questions that you should like most reporters in the United States don't cover anything that they should you'll never hear any of the answers that you should hear so there's you need to ask some questions do some homework on that because um, as much as the planet alignment and the energy of the <laughs> the universe and the globe and the tornadic energy that we're all co-creating with everyone else is, is causing some of these problems. Uh, nobody is sure in, in, that the government's not causing some of them because look at the things that they're doing. I mean, these these electric cars and ethanol, which is made from corn. Be very careful. You know, I had to go to a Texaco station 
um, not bad. It said 10% ethanol. But then on the way up to Tuscaloosa, I made sure I got gas an hour out because we knew the gas stations would be down, and they were. Um, you need electricity to pump gas. And all these people were there with their electric generators trying to fill them up, and they were in tears because they knew that the gas stations would be empty, and what, what were they going to do when the generators were dead the next day? And they, they couldn't find any more gas stations open, which is why you get solar generators. But anyway, um, 10% ethanol isn't bad, although I wouldn't want any of it in there, but, but I, it was a shell station, and you know that that's foreign-owned, and, and you can look up who owns that company. Uh, was 40% ethanol. I can't imagine putting corn syrup in your car, can you? But that's what ethanol is. They take it from corn. And, it, and you know what corn syrup and corn sugars do to your body? It's not pretty. Um, so we have all this ethanol going into our cars, which eventually will destroy the gasoline engines, and you'll be forced into buying an electric car or walking. That's what they're hoping for. But the other half of that is that we're using up more than half of our own corn production is going into ethanol for, for electric cars instead of supplying food for the world. So the world is starving, but, you know, we're Democrats and progressives. We believe in helping the little guy. So they're starving the world because we, we're producing our corn and putting it into cars. We're burning our resource in cars, burning our food. Meanwhile, because of... Uh, lower production and, and exports of and imports of foods. Food prices are skyrocketing. Look at what's going on with food prices and how much it costs you. My mother has been keeping very well, very good track for about a year. She's 87. And her big big day out is to go to Walmart once a week or or Publix or whatever. And um, but she keeps track of the prices, and she knows she can she can pretty much match everything that the economist or the the numbers people come out with. She'll tell you the coffee's gone up twenty three percent, the cereals have gone up seventeen percent, but they've also lowered the volume of what's in the box. So you used to get sixteen ounces, now you get twelve, or you used to get fourteen, now you get eleven. That they're hiding that from you. That looks like the same price, but you're getting point three ounces or three ounces less than what you got before. So we're raising the food prices all over the world, which causes hunger. And hunger will cause anyone who might be wavering between turning into a tornado and just a big wind, it'll cause them to go tornadic because they have people to feed, including themselves. And so they hit the streets and they, they gather together. They form a union to battle the governments that aren't giving them what they need. Well, there is one thing that the governments now are supposed to provide is that... Um, that global commerce that allows us to provide wheat to Russia or China and they provide rice and we provide corn and we ship that and send it through all these different war zones to get it to the people. But when when they are controlling those things, people starve. And when people start starving, there's riots and there's death. And then, of course, we have the caliphate that's being formed all over the Mideast. Um, Egypt, today, May Day, marching. The, the communists came out. They, they had their their uh, their red flags with the sickles, hammer and sickles on them. The communists, they said they've been hidden for 36 years, but they're out now because they feel the support from Obama and Iran to bring communism and jihadism together. Now, you know it's never going to work, but 
they think they're on the same side for now because the enemy of my enemy is my friend. So if communists are the enemy of Islam because communists, half of them are <laughs> women, so Islam doesn't like them. They don't dress right, so that's not good. A bunch of them are probably gay. That's no good. Um, they don't believe in Islam, so that's really no good. But right now it's okay because we need the numbers. So they'll use each other because they don't like capitalism, which allowed them <laughs> to be um, alive. You know, without the United States giving all that it has given since its inception to all the countries that people came from and didn't come from, these people wouldn't be alive. We provide the food, we give foreign aid for, for shelter, we give foreign aid for medicines, for, for research, for housing, for military to defend themselves, everything you can think of, we've given them the money. Nobody ever says thank you. They just say, we hate you, and the first chance we get, we'll destroy you. So we really, you want to do something for our budget and our deficit, I think we got to stop giving money to 90% of these places that we give money to. They do it on a blanket basis. Congress gets this thing that says foreign aid is $64 billion. And they see one or two things on this list of 900 that we're giving to, and they say, okay, and they vote on it. That's they got to change that. They can't do that anymore because we're screwing ourselves and each other. They can't do that anymore. So anyway, this is getting long. See, there's so much going on, and I, I really want to just talk about the tornadic um, energy because it is affecting everyone. And when you look around and you see the divis divisiveness of this administration and what it has done to not only the United States but to everyone in the world. It has caused this chaos. Obama needs to be impeached. You all know that. He needs to go. He needs to step down with the rest of his cabinet and half of Congress. They need to get out. They are trying to turn this into a communist or socialist country, a third world country, a nanny state. And you can hear all the pundits say, though they're not, that doesn't do it. Well, read the ten <laughs> basics of Marxism. You know, control education. Okay, we got all the textbooks being changed and you're not allowed to do this and you can't do this and the teachers are trying to push people to communism. Control manufacturing. Control the currency. Make sure that there's a graduated progressive income tax to tax the rich. Um, there's five out of ten right there. Okay, there's more, but I'm, I'm, I have too much on my brain now. But um, they're doing exactly what Marx thought should be done and which never has worked anywhere. Oh, health care. You know, make sure that there's universal health care. And housing. Control housing so that poor people can have houses no matter what. Okay, there's seven. Is he a Marxist? What do you think? Even if I don't remember the other three right now, seven out of ten ain't bad. Um, sounds to me like that's the agenda, don't you? Control energy. Oh, and communications. Okay, we're up to seven, eight, nine. Uh, we're going to tax things on the Internet. We're going to control all the information on the Internet. And then the main thing that Hillary Clinton's working on is taking away our guns. The only reason that Japan, when they were an imperialistic country, and they aren't anymore, they learned their lesson. But when they were an imperialistic country and they attacked us, the reason that they didn't send the second wave and come on to the mainland was because of our Bill of Rights, our Constitution, that allows us to be armed citizens. They knew we were armed and that, they, that we would fight back, and so they didn't come. Now, Hillary Clinton and Obama are signing away our rights to guns. I'd like to see it really happen. I don't think so. Not now. They could keep trying all they want. I don't know who's going to enforce that. We're going to have dueling 
you know, cowboys in the streets again because I know people down here, if, I don't care if 20 cops showed up with rifles on them, they'd have 20 friends inside with twice as many rifles. I mean, if that's what they're going to bring it to, you don't take away our guns. You don't go against our Constitution. The other thing that came up, and I just want to make sure you all know all this information because I, sometimes podcasts are the only way, um, especially you service people in other countries can get this information because you're blocked from everything. Um, uh, the Obama administration has said that any state that tries to block Sharia law will be stopped by the Obama administration from doing so, that they'll step in. Well, there you go. This is the President of the United States and his cabinet and his Attorney General saying the Constitution doesn't matter. We will, we will acknowledge and respect Sharia law from Islam. That's impeachable. <laughs> that's that's murderous. I mean, to me, it's like hang this guy. But you need to know it, and you need to know, especially if you are military out there, remember that your allegiance is not to the commander-in-chief, but to your constitution. And when you get out, or if you are out now, uh, or you're a, uh, a policeman, or a fireman, or a sheriff, or a marshal, know that the if you're here in the United States, that <clears throat> state law supersedes federal law in the manner of the Constitution. The Constitution comes first whether the federal government says Sharia or not. And if it ever comes to the point where our government says you need to fire on your citizens, your fellow citizens, and take away their guns, become an oath keeper. I am one. I'm a former Marine. I am always a Marine, therefore. But become an oath keeper and keep the oath of the oath keepers, which is, it'll never happen again. It happened during Katrina. When, when uh, the military was ordered to take guns away from the private citizens who were defending their houses, um, unconstitutional Bush did that, and it, and the people who had to participate in that swore it will never happen again. So make sure you you look up oathkeepers.com or .org. I don't know which one it is, but you know you've got computers. I know you can look this stuff up. Um, become an oathkeeper and understand that your allegiance is to the Constitution, not to the President. Yes, he's the Commander-in-Chief, but he's he's an empty suit. Um, he's a nothing. So, you know, at one point, some point, the military should decide that he's an enemy of the state and take over for a while until we can reinstitute elections and, and get this country back to where it belongs. And I, I wish there were some high-ranking military people with the guts and the insight who understood that they're allowing the destruction of the greatest people's republic in the world. That is a democratic republic of the people, by the people, and for the people. And that the military is our only hope now because the three branches of government are totally corrupt and they have been taken over. So the military is our only hope, just like Egypt, huh? Except we don't want communism. We don't want to overrun our leader to get communism. We want to overrun the communist leader to come back to America. That's it for today. That's just the catch-up. Um, I'm having some trouble down here because of the federal government um, attacking my computer constantly and, and then hovering over my house and uh, everything. They, they've they've done, they've cost me thousands of dollars this year. And don't forget, you know, I'm a I'm a I'm a disabled veteran. 
with no income because the Veterans Administration, because I'm from the Vietnam area, will do nothing for Vietnam-era vets because Bill Ayers and Barack Obama believe that anyone who was in the service during Vietnam time was a, is, a, is a war criminal. So for the fourth time now in three years, the Veterans Administration has called me and sent me a letter saying, oh, we lost your paperwork again. Can you start over? And every time you start over, it's the same bureaucracy. But then in case they do give you anything, it's from that date, not from the four years when you started all this. So there's no income from that. And there's no... Uh, no, you know, Social Security, and there's no nothing. I'm, I, it's as if this administration attacked me from the time he started running and has destroyed my body. It really is. If you look at it, now go back to holistic health, um, once in a while I do that. Uh, Louise Hay, I was getting worked on the other day. Lori was trying to fix my legs, and, and she said, what is this from? What are you holding on to that you're sad about letting go of? And I was laying on the table, and I'm thinking, it didn't take too long. I said, I said, my country. I said, when I knew that they were going to overtake, that this was a coup d'etat, that they were going to take over the United States, destroy the Constitution, take away my America, my body started reacting, and so did my mind and spirit. I mean, I went total mind and spirit into trying to defeat them and have been working on it for over three years and have, have done a lot. We've done a lot. We stopped health care from going through, which caused, even though they pushed it through finally, it caused them to not do about 60 other things on their agenda that they wanted to do. So, I mean, you should pat yourselves on the back for that. We did that. Now we have to find that same spirit again. And come back and stop them from doing all of this. Don't get lost in, oh, but now I'm tired. You know, there's no big thing like health care. Yes, there is. The debt ceiling, the, 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 um, the budget, the deficit, the EPA and what it's doing behind our back, immigration reform that they're going to try to sneak through so that they have more votes by next November. Obama's little campaign trips where he's lying and deceiving everybody on the campaign trail. The OFA, the, the used to be the, the uh, organizing for Obama is now the organizing for America, which means organizing for Obama. Um, already putting out hundreds of thousands of emails from those harvested email lists from all of his donors from t 2008 and organizing people to go door to door to convince everyone, especially those who don't have cable, don't listen to TV, and don't read newspapers, to show them all the wonderful things this man has done. And of course, he's incumbent and you'll vote for him again and we'll help you. In fact, we'll help you vote ten times if we can. All of that's being done. So you conservative people out there who are trying to stop this from happening, get off your couch and get to work. It won't, you can't do this next year. You can't wait till June. You can't wait till after the primaries. You have to have a plan of action now, just like a business plan, with small groups in your communities, larger groups in your bigger communities, larger groups in your states that are doing everything counter to what the Obama people are doing already and have been. Get off the couch, stand up. Go to earthwalk-usa.com. Also go to YouTube and look up End Obama, Save America. Uh, it's seven parts. It'll help you remember everything that's gone on in the history. It's, um, uh, I don't know, I think it's inspirational in some ways, but it, it inspires me to, to love my America even more again. Um, and Obama, Save America. Go there. You can get it on YouTube. It's on iTunes. It's on Potomatic. It's on 
earthwalk-usa.com. And then spread the word. Share it. If you don't know how to talk to any of these idiots out there you're trying to talk to or you're afraid to or <coughs> you think silence is not condonement, um, send them a video. Say, hey, watch part one at least. Watch all seven, but watch part one. It had to be broken up into seven parts because YouTube doesn't take the whole thing. It's about an hour and ten minutes altogether. And then uh, make sure that you, that you share the podcast. Again, there's more than 110, 140 podcasts on Podomatic, on earthwalk-usa.com, and on iTunes. They cover everything about the body, mind, and spirit from a Native American's perspective on a global basis. And that means all current events that affect us affect our health, whether that's mind or mental, physical, emotional, um, and affect the planet. So thanks for listening. This is Raina G. Be back maybe next week. We'll see.